Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Tiffany in Rome, Katie in Seattle. And we are preparing for our big October trip in Rome, taking some of our listeners with us uh, to Rome this year for the first time ever. If you didn't get in on it this year, I hope if we decide to do it again, you will consider it next year. But in getting ready for our guests to arrive, Tiffany and I have been thinking through a lot of things, not only what what great tours we're going to take them on and what suggested itineraries we're going to offer them for stuff they might want to do on their own, but we've been in the last week putting together what we were calling a know-before-you-go email, which is basically... What kind of things do you need to know about that will help you pack, that will help you mentally prepare for your trip to Italy, particularly if you've never been there before? And it got me thinking about, I guess, in the larger context, what would we call it? Cultural fluency? Like how well you understand how a place operates? And thinking of what our guests might not be fluent in has been part of the fun and the challenge of putting this email together. Like for instance, I mean, I lived in Italy for a year. I did not remember or realize that the sales tax was as high as it is. <laughs> when you put that in the email, 22%. Well, you don't, 22. yeah, you don't know unless you know, because it's not written anywhere. It's not, you know, it's not like you go to, you know, the store and it says, hundred dollars and you go to pay for it and they ring it up and they say it's 122 dollars that the tax is included so you don't notice it as much mm-hmm. but it's there it is there mm-hmm. i was also interested to know since i haven't really been there as much i guess i was there in 2021 but since i first lived there in 2013 i was interested to know that the COVID epidemics actually helped spur on electric payment options in Italy. Yes, it used to be was... that you had to carry cash around because so many places didn't have cash, like only took cash when I was living there in 2013. I really had to try to think about that because for me, it's really the cab, the taxi is like the biggest thing that when I first moved there, you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't pay for a cab with a credit card. Like that was just not electronically possible in 2004 when I moved here. Um, But I mean, you've always been able to pay with a card in like a supermarket or even a boutique. And most restaurants, I mean, there's all, you're always going to run across, at least back in the day, you know, tiny little mom and pop restaurant that doesn't take credit. But I mean, it's even, even before COVID, I felt like that was pretty rare. What really changed was that they really want you to pay with credit card now. Oh, why Um, is that? well, during COVID, it was less contact. The idea was like, you're not touching all of this money and handing it over. And there's not, you know, these coins changing hands constantly. You swipe your card, nobody else touches it. I just remember seeing the signs at the supermarket or, you know, at a coffee bar. They put up the plastic dividers. I don't know if they did that in the States. They did. They did. We they still put, have the them plastic. in some places. Oh, we still have them too at the supermarket. Uh-huh. Um yeah, I'm looking and forward probably, to that being done. You know, now that you say that, I'm not sure if my supermarket still does have that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I think, I, I don't think I stopped noticing things like that. I know they had it for a long time, but now that I'm really like trying to visualize that interaction, 
I think it's, yeah, I think it's still up there, but like at the side, it's not there, like where you're actually bagging this stuff because in, in Italy, you have to bag your own groceries. That's another cultural difference. But um, anyway, they definitely wanted to encourage people to use card during COVID for that reason. But then another thing sort of happened at the same time, which I don't know, I don't think it's connected to COVID, but it happened to happen at the same time, which is that if you detract, is I don't know if detract is the right word. If you, you know, claim stuff on your taxes in Italy, and in Italy you can claim a ton of stuff on your taxes. Like you can, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Katie? Deduct. I can't think of the word. Deduct. Deduct. Thank you. <laughs> if you can deduct every single cent that you spend at the pharmacy on, on actual medicine. Like if you're buying shampoo, no. But all medicine is even like Tylenol, the equivalent of is deductible. And every single time you go to the doctor, even the eye doctor buying a pair of glasses, it's all deductible. And also your kids' sports are deductible up to a certain amount. So like your kids' swimming lessons for, or something like that. They have recently made it the law, and I, and I believe it was in 2020 that they made this law, that you must pay with a traceable payment. So it can be a credit card payment. It can be a bank transfer but it cannot be cash if you want to deduct this. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that, I mean, I'm pretty sure that has nothing to do with COVID. It just happened to be the same year. The country of Italy wants more payments to be traceable mm -hmm. because they know that Italian businesses, when they're paid in cash, some places, not every place, but a lot of places do not report all of that income. A lot of time they just, you know, they just don't, they forget to give you a receipt. Yes, I remember that, one of the things to remember as a person living in Italy was that you had to get a receipt because you could get a fine if somebody stopped you yeah. and you didn't have a receipt. I mean, it's so rare. It is so incredibly rare, but it did happen to me once. And it was outside. I'm sure you know it because it was on our street. Yes. That Soupli place, the place that sells Soupli. That's exactly the right spot I was thinking of. Yes. It's kind of like a, a fast food for fried food type place you walk up to the counter yeah. and you get your fried soupli you get your fried chicken you know yeah your fried it's stuff. kind of famous for soupli it's called la casa des, del soupli and it's the best soupli in rome supposedly according to my husband even though supplizio is giving it a run for its money but this place is really old school and that type of place it's really fast service you know it's street food right and they're you know taking five orders at the same time and zipping around and taking your money and giving you your food and it's the kind of place where if you're the customer, you don't really care about the receipt because it's like maybe you spent two bucks or something. Yeah. And so it would be the type of place that would be very easy for the owners not to give out receipts. But they actually do at that place because I used to go there quite a bit when I was living on that street. And I was I just remember I picked up some souple and I walked out. And this guy came up to me and I mean, I'm so like, I've just got this knee jerk reaction when people, especially men come up to me on the street who I don't know, like I immediately like back way up on my guard. I'm like a cat with my hair sticking straight up. I'm like, what <laughs> do you want from me? And he showed me a badge and I immediately was like, you know, didn't believe him that he was an actual because he was undercover. Right. I just thought this is somebody who's trying to steal my bag, who's trying to, you know, pickpocket me. And he finally convinced me that he was an actual Guardia di Finanza, which is the, 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 the fiscal police 
in Italy, which you, you don't really see out on the beat very often. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, he's like, did you get a receipt for this? And I did have a receipt for it. And it's more about, you know, trying to control the businesses and making sure that the businesses are offering receipts. Because I mean, I guess that they could give, technically they could give the customer a fine, but the point is they want to give the the business a fine. And I said, no, here's my receipt. And by the way, just so you know, I go to this place all the time and they always give me receipts. There you go. But it sounds a like place... a place that's been busted once before. <laughs> yeah, they must have yeah. been. There's a place that I go in my neighborhood now where it's like a stationary supply store. And I go there all the time because I'm always having to buy stationary supplies for Aurelio or for myself. And I know the people who work there because I go in there all the time. And they're very friendly and nice, but they, I mean, and I mean, it's kind of like a thing in Italy where like everybody knows that you're supposed to give a receipt and everybody knows that if you get called out on it, there's a reason why you're not doing it. It's not just a mistake. And Mm -hmm. every time I go in there, she, you know, the girl, she, she rings up my stuff and she hands me the bag with a big smile on her face. And I'm like, is there a receipt in the bag? Like I ask, like I'm totally innocent. I never want to make her feel bad because I don't want to embarrass people. Right. But it's happened so many times now that I know that they do it on purpose because I'm like, oh, is the receipt in the bag? And she's like, uh, I, did I give you? Oh, I forgot to give you a receipt. You know, <laughs> every time it's the same reaction. Oh, oh, I forgot to give you a receipt. Sorry. I thought I put it in the bag or she's always got some excuse. Oh, I was ringing up this other person at the same time. Sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, how many thousands of euros in taxes do you save every year? Well, I mean, if we talk about the bigger question of cultural fluency, I mean, you've just given so many examples of ways you've gained cultural fluency in Italy from knowing that sports is deductible from your taxes, your kids' sports, (laughs) to even the little phrase that you said in passing, which was, even if you purchase Tylenol or its equivalent, you also know the name of what the equivalent of Tylenol is in Italy, which is something that I'm, I feel like every time I'm in Italy and I have any kind of slight medical problem, like a headache, I feel like I'm always calling you and being like, what do I supposed to look for? You know, if it's not called ibuprofen, what am I, what am I looking for here? You know, and you always tell me the name. But of they do have else. ibuprofen. Well, I, maybe that's just I mean, a bad if, example, but you if, know what I'm yeah, talking Yeah, no, but about. I mean, if you, if you have the, the technical name, what is it called? The official name of the medicine. It's ibuprofen an NSAID is or something like that an NSAID N- yeah but it's not not that general like for example paracetamol paracetamol is like a leave I want to say that's what most people use here and it, here it's called tachypirina Tylenol is actually something else acetaminophen there it is mm-hmm. that those are like the technical names like Tylenol is a brand right the drug is called acetaminophen and the brand is Tylenol so if you know that what you like to use let's say you like to use Tylenol it's called acetaminophen you could ask the pharmacist, you know, you can say, can I have this? And they'll have a different brand name, but it's the same. But that's what it's I'm saying is like, you just know what the other brand names are. That's what I'm talking about. With true, true. Fluency. Yes. It's funny. And I, I told you this prior to the taping, so I'll keep it short for your own benefit. But I was telling you that another thing that you talk about in the know you before you go email. Can I read this one line? Sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's in the water section. Is that right? Because you wouldn't think that you'd need a whole section in the know before you go email about water, but there are different things about the water over there. So, but your last line in, under the water section says, if you're not used to sparkling water, give it a try. It's tasty and it aids in digestion, which when I was reading through, because I was your, your proofreader of the email, when I was reading through, I thought, aids in digestion. 
that sounds like the Italian for it's a healthy sun, you know, uh, it just sort of reminded me of that same thing. And so then I went down the rabbit hole on the internet being like, does it aid in digestion? Does fizzy drinks actually aid in digestion? And uh, found that many websites say, yes, indeed, they do. But it was also funny because I can't speak for the entire country, but from a cultural fluency standpoint, at least here in Seattle, and from what I've heard in uh, other places, at least where I have family members who live there, that having carbonated water right now is a major fad. There's aisles and aisles of different brands selling different carbonated waters, both plain and flavored. Right now, I'm drinking a LaCroix hibiscus flavored, which go ahead and imagine what that tastes like. I do recommend it for (laughs) people who actually live over here in the United States. Try the hibiscus. It's very interesting. But I would say it's funny to me a little bit that, of course, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know that over here in the States, we're having a renaissance with our bubbly water. Well, I'm glad to hear you're finally joining the club because it's the best. <laughs> we're not only joining the club, we're we're taking it a step further, just like it feels like America often does. We're America not just always having, does, yeah. Yeah, we're not just having plain bubbly water. We're coming up with a hibiscus, which is a flower, a hibiscus flavored drink. And I mean, I wouldn't say it's surpassed or given up. People are given up soda in place of bubbly water, but maybe... Maybe, you know. Well, you know what? I mean, not to be advertising for bubbly water, but um, (laughs) if you don't drink soft drinks, which, you know, there's plenty of reasons not to drink soft drinks. It is a drink that makes you feel like you're having more than water, even if it doesn't have a flavor. Like just putting a little like when I go out with girlfriends and I don't want to drink alcohol because that sometimes happens. I really want to hang out with my girlfriends, but I I actually don't want to consume alcohol and I don't drink soft drinks. So I'm like, what am I going to drink? And so I'm sometimes I'm I, I end up ordering some disgusting juice and I'm like, what am I drinking? This is like <laughs> this is like disgusting, like peach juice or something. Disg- I love peaches, but like peach juice is disgusting. So I I've gotten into the habit of ordering if I don't feel like having alcohol, I order a really sparkling water, not like a like a typical Ferrarelle or Nepi, which is just slightly sparkling, but you know, something a little bit more sparkling, like a, like a San Pellegrino or a Perrier type. I just ask for lemon and I squeeze lemon in it. And I feel, I mean, okay. I don't feel like I'm having alcohol clearly, but I feel like I'm having like a non-alcoholic beverage, like something that is not just plain water. Yes. It really gives you, especially if it's very sparkling, it gives you that feeling of like, there's a little bit more of a bite to it. If you are trying to get off of soda, you know, it's a great substitute. Well, here's another thing you might not know about the United States is that we're also having a a renaissance of non-alcoholic beverages right now. I'm talking more than sparkling water, which, like I said, we're obsessed with. But yeah, I, I can only, again, only speak for Seattle, although I've told relatives about this and they've gone out and been able to find the same stuff by them. But there's all kinds of non-alcoholic beers now there's all kinds of non-alcoholic liqueurs things that taste like it's a real liquor but it's not interesting there's all sorts of like non-alcoholic mixes so it's like a non-alcoholic margarita mix so it sort of tastes like a margarita there's full sections in grocery stores now devoted to non-alcoholic stuff that's how popular it is right now and if you go to a typical bar 
not only do they usually have a couple options for like fancy non-alcoholic drinks, like a bartender would actually have to mix in a shaker, they also almost always have at least two, three, four non-alcoholic beers in the fridge. Wow. It's a big thing here. Now, what is what is like an equivalent of that? Does Italy have a thing that's like our water, like our non-alcoholic drinks that is something that you know about is kind of popular slash normalizing there that I as an outsider would not know? A drink? A new trendy drink? No, not a drink, um, just a new trend, like a thing that's a new kind trend. of common now that maybe wouldn't have been common 10 years ago. Well, I can tell you one thing, but I think it's probably common in the States too. Uh, vaping. Mm. I mean, everybody is vaping. Everybody. I think more people vape now than used to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, it just it just feels like every I think because of the like because you can do it anywhere. I just feel like everybody is vaping constantly everywhere around me. Mm -hmm. Are they still smoking cigarettes as much? People still do smoke, but I don't know if I, I was having this conversation with you or I think actually it was my mother. I looked it up on like a Wikipedia, like, a you know, one of those statistic sites. There are more smokers in the United States than Italy right now. Larger percentage, I should say, larger percentage of the population in the United States smokes cigarettes hmm. than in Italy. Maybe that's because everybody's vaping. That surprised yeah. me a little bit. That's interesting because I feel like, well, Europe and Southeast Asia, for that matter, it's smoking is generally prolific. Maybe in uh, the United States, we just feel more shame about it. And so we go like hide around a corner. You know, yeah, like I think in Italy, it's probably more people have stopped because of or or never started because of the price because it's just so expensive hmm. or and or you just can't smoke in the same places anymore mm -hmm. so i don't think there's the same shame uh, associated with it but i do think that you know it's not as easy to light up a cigarette and i mean you can't smoke inside of a bar but you can smoke in the parks i know and i feel like in the states you can't smoke in a park or or, or not if you're near somebody i'm not sure but in Italy, yeah, if you're outside, it's free for all. You're in like a ca outdoor cafe, you can smoke. Yeah, I mean, we the same. We all outlawed it indoors. So, is there anything else that's like that? I mean, I know that Italy tends to do fashion I... trends. We certainly have fashion trends going on here right now. You know, I'm so bad at following fashion trends. I, I, I always catch on, like you know, kind of at the tail end story of my life. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, whether but... or not you do it, you see what other no, people I, do. No, I, I literally no, but I don't. I don't necessarily even notice. I think I'm losing my perception. I don't feel like I can even think of a trend that's going on, whether I'm on the bandwagon or not. I can't think of anything. I would have to like go out in, you know, like the central part of the city and sit and like watch young people and like pay attention. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I wouldn't be able to come up with anything just off the top of my head. Well, like for instance here, when we had back to school day, you know, and everybody on social media is posting back to school pictures, the mm -hmm. universal thing was that if you were a young teen girl, you probably are wearing a cutoff shirt. And that right. seemed to be across the whole country. I would say that that is a overwhelming trend right now. Yeah, that's a trend here too. Now that you say that, uh, that is definitely a trend. Uh, but one thing that I also have been seeing a lot of is the denim shorts. Mm. I was in my courtyard just the other day, and there were three young girls on their rollerblades rolling around my courtyard, and they all had 
denim shorts and cutoff shirts and rollerblades so, and rollerblades and rollerblades well, they were very young <laughs> they were very young they were not teens yet okay there you um, go there you go. And what's what's trending with uh, Aurelio and his classmates now that he's in? The, oh God, I don't know. Here's something <laughs> I can grade? tell you. He's going into third grade. Third grade. Um, yes. So there is something that I don't know if this is a trend. Maybe it's a long trend because I feel like it's been in style for the past, you know, at least four years. It, which is something that you know you'll have to tell me if you know because I, I know you don't hang out with that many little kids. If kids do this in the states, I kind of think they don't. It has been very popular for at least the past four years for little boys to wear shirts that have sequins on them. Hmm. Now, they're masculine sequins. It's not like a unicorn with a rainbow, but it's like, for example, um, Aurelio has a shirt with the American flag done in sequins. And he has one with a shark in sequins. And I've seen ones with, you know, like a fire truck in sequins. All sorts of things. I mean, he's probably got he's got one with skateboards that are sequins. And then they what they're reversible sequins. So if you rub on them up in one direction, the sequins will all turn red. And then if you do it the other way, they'll turn blue or or what have you. Mm -hmm. Um and I, and I love this trend because I feel like sequins are so wonderful, especially <laughs> when you're young. They just are. I mean sequins are delightful especially to young people and why should girls get all the sequins boys boys like them too it, as it turns out boys really like sequins too yeah it makes sense to me i was told by my nephew that who's heading into fourth grade that crocs if you know what that kind of shoes are are the super yes, popular thing oh so i i did not know like that. to wear out to wear to school just to wear around yeah to wear oh, well you know how around. italy is you can't wear house shoes out of the house i know so. well apparently they're transforming it our youth are transforming it into an out of the house type of shoe well all sh all footwear is out of the house shoes in america like you can wear anything outside maybe not like a fluffy slipper but you know you can wear your flip-flops outside we don't do that over here back to the larger question at hand though about cultural fluency Maybe it's a separate show, but you were talking about how you were starting to lose. What were you saying? It was not lose. Although I will do have I'm a question. Going native. Yeah, going native. Let's do a whole different show about going native, actually. But I do want to ask you this question. It's obvious to me that, because I edit you on this show, <laughs> that you are in some minor ways and we've touched on this before losing some of your english language abilities just some like you usually can pull <laughs> some of it back out this again is great as a writer right to hear. but i mean you but you are it's not and it's not in your writing because that's different it's in your speaking you and i had a major debate about a certain word that appears in the no before you go email because i'm like it's not a word that people use here in the way that you're using it but you're like, but that is a real word. And I'm like, I understand it's a real word. It's just not how we would use it here in English. And you're like, but that's what they call it here. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not what they call it here. It doesn't make any sense here. Anyway. I want to put it out there on the show. And I want people, All I right, want our I'll listeners read, to weigh I'll in on this. It. Because I don't believe you. I'll read it. Same way, the same way that when you were editing my first book, mm -hmm. you said that I can't refer to a grand piano as a concert grand that people won't know what I'm talking about oh. if I say the concert grand. Well, and so I changed it to concert grand piano. And then every other single person, all Americans who edited it say, no, you can say concert grand. Everybody knows what a concert grand I is. I think I was referring more to the fact that you're writing for middle grade readers. I wasn't saying that well, nobody understands what a concert grand is. I'm <laughs> saying like an eight-year-old 
might not know what that is. That's all I was saying. Oh, that's what dictionaries are for. Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) (laughs) grain of salt. Uh, All right, so let's see. Where is your word here? I'm looking. It's under cabs, right? Let's see. Yes, cab and Uber. All right. I'm not saying that in the way that you've written this, we can't pick up the context. Okay. And I'm going to leave this in the email. I'm just saying we just wouldn't use it this way. All right. So you write. I'm going to read a line ahead of it just to set the stage. Also, when taking cabs, make sure that the meter is on unless it's a ride with a set fare to the airport, for example. A note about taxi supplements. There is no extra charge for carry-on on suitcases and other small bags. The first large suitcase is free. After that, it's one euro per suitcase. There is also a supplement when taking cabs between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. and if traveling outside the city limits. So what is the word in question here? It's the use of the word supplement, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, I would think, listening who's in the, in the United States would say, yeah, it's the word supplement that's in question. Because I do not, in any context that I've ever been in, have heard the word supplement used in the way that you're using it. I immediately know like what you're talking about. It's basically an extra charge. Right. And I was just saying, well, why don't we just say it's an extra charge? And you're saying, well, a supplement is what they call it. So I'm like, okay, I guess if they're going to refer to it that way, it makes sense. But we would never refer to an extra charge as a supplement. A supplement is like something in addition. So I get your argument there. Like, and we would often use, I was telling you, we would use supplement probably most commonly as like a vitamin or something that we're taking a joint supplement, you know, to lubricate our joints or something like that. It's, it is something that we're taking in addition to. So I get that it's an in addition to is how you're using it. It's just not a way we would ever refer to it. Yeah, I get that. I think certain words that are cognates, you know, uh, in English and Italian, they technically mean the same thing, but they're not always used the same way. And the word that always comes to my mind with that is the word exaggerate. Um, which we all know what exaggerate means. But in Italian, you can also use it to say that like, kind of like overreacted, like my reaction was exaggerated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so you can say to someone, let's say somebody, you know, moves your, your watch, you put it over here, and, and they put it back over there, and you get really mad at them for having moved your watch. That person might say, you, you're really re- exaggerating right now. Whereas we would um, say that if I was telling a story and Derek was there about the thing I'm talking about and he was like, and I'm telling it to a third party, you'd say, well, you really exaggerated that one part about such and such a thing. Yeah. I mean, in Italian, it could be used in that way too, but it can also be used in this other way. And I find myself using it in that way when I'm speaking English and people who don't live in Italy, they kind of get confused for a second because, you know, they think I'm... I'm talking about a different type of exaggerating. Like when I'm like saying that I spent 500 euros when it was actually 100 euros or that type of kind of basic exaggeration. But so I I do see how some words can get, you know, you just kind of assume you get, you get to the point where this word becomes so commonly used for not necessarily a different thing, but a, a different flavor of the same thing. And you forget that in English, it's not commonly used that way. Like maybe you could technically, it's not technically wrong to use it that way, 
but it's not a commonly used word. But my original point was, I think people are smart enough to kind of get that. <laughs> well, I know that they'll get the context, especially because you added an extra fee or whatever you added in there. But but yeah, it's funny because I, I guess like right after that, and, and I wish I knew this example because I'm, as we we're taping this, I'm currently editing this show that comes before this one, <laughs> you know, and so I was working on it last night and I should have written it down, but but in that show, you use a, another word in a different way, and we just fly by it. Like, it's not even, you know, we pause and comment on it. It's We fly past it, but it is a very unique choice of word that you chose. And, and sometimes I find it delightful in that kind of literary way where you're just like, I would never have thought to say it that way. Because I would <laughs> never have thought to say it that way because people wouldn't say that in normal speaking English. I remember feeling that way in Vietnam where every now and then they would use a word that I thought was so charming. Like there was one time when a girl said to me that she wanted to go use the relax room, which is because, you know, we call it the restroom, but she used the relax yeah. room. And I thought, oh, how cute that is. I love that. I'm going to go use the relax room. It's not quite that big of a difference, but it is like you're choosing words. Oh, now I want to know what it was. Well, you'll have to listen. Everybody can go back and mind the, the prior episode and pick out what it is. But even still, I think that that's also an interesting transition. Aurelio does it all the time. And, you know, Aurelio never, has never lived in the States, so he has got an even better excuse than me. But he, when he's speaking English, often uses uh, words that, you know, like I said, they're, they are, they mean the same thing, technically, but they're not commonly used in the other language. You would pick a different word. Like, oh, mom, I'm going to go dive into the, the profound end of the pool. The profound you know, something like that. end of the pool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like the relax that, room. That's like the relax yeah, room. I don't think that that's an actual example, but that's the kind of thing that I mean. Like he'll use the Italian word, sort of the Latinate word, instead of using the sort of more Anglophone, ang Anglo Anglicized. What's the word? <laughs> Speaking of not knowing words, the Anglicized version. Um, uh, yeah, and I think it's really cute when he does that too. Yeah, that is cute. And I would argue he's also learning English from you. So if you're using words in True. unique and interesting True. ways, <laughs> he might, yeah, maybe he he is might too. be doing that on a more rudimentary level. Well, all right. Before we go, I do want to um, say thank you to Carol, Susan, and Jane, who are the latest to join us on Patreon. Thank you so much. And now that we're in September, you might have noticed that we have returned to making new episodes every Monday, uh, but we have not returned to making Thursday mini episodes yet. And that is because we're in the heat and depth of also weird choices of words of this profundity, trip, <laughs> making sure this trip <laughs> that we're going on with our listeners is fantastic. And it's a lot of work. So we are feeling like we don't have time right now to do the mini episodes, but we will be returning to them once the trip is over. So fear not, uh, we will be keeping you company twice a week, sometime in the near future. But in the meantime, if you want to help support the show, get a handwritten thank you note in the mail, be like Carol, Susan, and Jane, and join us on Patreon, and you'll get extra episodes every single month, regardless. There are links in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash thebittersweetlifepodcast. It's a great way to make sure this show keeps going for years to come.
because here we are in our 10th year. It's very exciting. And we're almost up to episode 500, which I, know, I was noticing. <laughs> I mean, we're technically over episode 500 because of the mini episodes, but I was noticing how, what a big deal you and I made of when we hit episode 200. I mean, we did like a live show. We did like, I think the show itself was called, I don't know, I guess 100 was called Milestone. You know, but we made a big to do about it. People came to the show. We went out afterwards for food and drinks. It was a major celebration. Here we are coming up on 500. It's just going to be whatever. It's just a <laughs> whatever show. And people like Carol, Susan, and Jane have made that possible that we can now be to 500 yes. and be like, well, that's cool. Thanks. Here's for- to the next 500. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> gosh. I right. remember when right. we hit 100 and you said something like, I can't remember how you put it. And I can't remember if you said this to me off tape or on tape but you said something like well maybe then you know who knows if we'll get to and I thought you were going to say 200 and you said 1000 and I was and I just laughed because I was like that's not like that's not possible there's no way we'll get to episode (laughs) 1000 but here we are at 500 almost I know but I mean do you want to do this for the next 10 years I guess if we keep getting support from our listeners we'll yeah we'll have to do it well we'll (laughs) make that decision when we come to it but if you are listening to us talk about this trip that we're we're planning and that is just around the corner and you think I would like to do that one day we hope to do this again next year we would like to if it goes well so if you want to get your name on an early sort of list for that then just email us you can reach us at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com yes and we're going to try to release the dates of next year's journey next year's trip we're going to try to release it with a year in advance rather than whatever small advance we gave this year. In fact, that's part of what we're going to be doing while I'm over in Rome is speaking with the hotel, speaking with other people and seeing when we can arrange to do another one. So there you go. All right, well, let's let's leave it there. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Do you have a topic you want us to explore? Send your requests. We'd love to hear what you want to know. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and contact us with your questions, your adventures, your observations, your favorite episodes. We love hearing from you. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast. Bye.